Welcome to the Compass Catholic Changemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kano. On this podcast, we talk about how to live with our money as Catholics. Hi, Changemakers. In today's episode, I'm going to be fact-checking four TikToks on personal finance, also known as FinTalks, to help you decide if you should follow their advice. The social media app has become a hub for content creators and for people who want to learn quickly on specific topics. The reason for its success, though, highlights the trends compelling the future of learning. Some people do it really well, and some creators are just producing content that looks interesting, but it's really not even worth 30 seconds of your time. And while some of the financial advice found on TikTok may be correct, they give you a one-size-fits-all approach that's not specific to your personal financial needs. So that's why at Compass Catholic, we focus on pairing up your Catholic values with your personal money behaviors. Anyone who has a one-size-fits-all approach is usually selling you something, or they just want you to watch their videos. Full disclosure, Compass Catholic is not on TikTok yet, but we are totally aware of the education that happens on this platform. All right, the first TikTok that we're going to be fact-checking is from Humphrey Yang, and it's called The Personal Finance Starter Pack, Age 18. In this TikTok, Humphrey, who is a former financial advisor, and that gives him some credibility here, he provides three personal finance suggestions for teenagers who are turning 18. The first one is to open a checking account. The second is to build your credit score with a secure credit card. And the third is to open a Roth IRA. So the question is, is this good advice? And generally, I would say yes, it is. Generally, but I do have some minor reservations. First off, starting to save for retirement early is always better than starting later. Since most 18-year-olds don't have access to a 401k, a Roth IRA is a great way for teenagers to put money away that's already been taxed and put it towards retirement. And by starting young, you have more time to take advantage of that compound interest, right? The next bit of advice is for the teenagers, the 18-year-olds, to open their own checking accounts. And this is really a good idea for teenagers, especially who don't have a secure place to keep their money. We're better than a checking account that's FDIC insured or insured by the National Credit Union Association. So when choosing a checking account, you should look for one with no monthly maintenance fee, no minimum balance requirement, and a low initial deposit. So that's good advice there. My issue with this TikTok is the building up of a credit score and the emphasis he puts on building up a credit score. What gets me nervous here is that this tip is based on the assumption that an 18-year-old is financially responsible enough to pay off their balance every month and to not use their credit card to overspend. Teenagers can quickly get out of control with their spending. And there's other ways to build up credit besides having a credit card, but that's another episode for another day. Generally, this is a good video, but yeah, I do have to say my caveat is that we need to be aware of giving teenagers credit cards that can get them into a lot of trouble very quickly. Okay, the next TikTok that we're going to fact check for you is from Mark Tilbury. This one is so cute. This video has, I think, 18 million views, and Mark is a personal finance expert and a self-proclaimed self-made millionaire. And this TikTok, he does this skit 
It's again, really cute. It depicts an evil credit card versus a smart credit card user. And this skit drives home the point that credit card users are encouraged to spend a greater percentage of their credit limit and to only pay back the minimum amount amount every month and not pay their balances in full. And the question again is, is this good advice? Again, the answer is yes, with a caveat. In this TikTok, Mark touches on two essential aspects of responsible credit card usage. And the first one is keeping your credit utilization low. The second is paying off your bill in full and on time every month to avoid paying high interest rates and late fees. The average credit card rate right now is hovering around 16 to 18%. So paying that balance off every month is much better than not paying it off every month. So he's for sure right there. Another factor in being a responsible credit card user is keeping your credit utilization low. Your FICO score is determined by a variety of factors. There's actually five main ones. And three of the most important are your payment history, your credit utilization ratio, and the length of your credit history. Your credit utilization ratio is the ratio of credit that you use compared to the amount of credit that is available to you. For example, if you're using, say, $100 of a car that has a $1,000 limit, your credit utilization ratio is 10%. If you want a good credit score, you want to keep your credit utilization ratio low. 10 to 15% is okay. Once you start hitting 30%, you're going to start noticing your credit score going down. The caveat that I want to cover here is that this only applies to people who can pay their credit cards in full every month because they're just using their credit cards for purchases that were already budgeted for and who have the cash on hand to pay them off immediately. This is not for people who are doing the credit card float. And you know yourself, you know your spending behaviors. If you cannot control your spending with a credit card or you know that you overspend when you use a credit card versus using cash, then don't spend with a credit card. Okay, the third TikTok that we're going to fact check for you is from TikToker Thatch Nugin, entitled How to Make $10,000 a Month at 18 Years Old. I couldn't find any information on Mr. Nugin, so I'm not sure about his level of training or if he's qualified to be giving personal finance advice. But in this TikTok, Thatch tells his audience how teenagers can make more than $100,000 annually by wholesaling rental property. And he breaks it down into these four steps. He says, first to find a house that's run down. He says to look for a house that has trees that are overgrown, grass that's overgrown, and the house just looks generally unkept. After that, you go to the next step, which is to track down the owner of the property. I'm assuming he wants people to go to the county assessor's office or or whatever the um, office is within your state to track down who owns that property. Uh, The third step after they track down the owner of the property is to make an offer on the property, I'm assuming for a lowball amount, and put it under contract. The fourth step is to find an investor and sell the contract for $10,000. This video makes me cringe a bit. And by a bit, I mean a lot. First of all, this process is way oversimplified. It's based on the idea of wholesaling. And ideally, you never have to actually purchase the rental property. You just earn a fee from the real estate investor who takes over the deal, which sounds easy enough, right? Not so fast. Real estate investing is often very competitive, so it may be hard to find an investor. 
Also, you typically have to put money down when you sign a contract to purchase a piece of real estate. If you don't sell that contract and you're unable to sell it off to an investor, you can end up losing your deposit. And unless you're totally upfront with a property owner that you're in contract with, that you're not going to honor the spirit of the contract, you may also be financially harming someone else, which is wrong. This TikTok gets me so nervous on so many levels. And also, what 18-year-old can afford to lose a deposit? We know in Proverbs 13, 11, we're told, wealth one quickly dwindles away, but gather little by little it grows. Essentially, easy come, easy go. This TikTok gets me very nervous. So <laughs> regarding fact-checking of this, I would say, at best, it's misleading. All right. The fourth and final TikTok that I'm going to be fact-checking comes from Ecom Jess, and it's called Holding FTW. That's for the win for those of us who don't speak in acronyms. And according to Ecom Jess, the money you earn when you sell a stock, which is also known as capital gains, after holding it for less than a year is subject to your income tax rate. And this is because your capital gains are considered part of your income in the short term. The question here is Ecom Jess correct? And actually the answer is yes. Before I jump into this explanation, I wanna remind you that I'm not giving you any financial advice. This is just an explanation. And the explanation here is that long-term capital gains tax is typically less than short-term capital gains tax. When it comes to investing in the stock market, you're generally better off investing for the long haul. Capital gains happens whenever you buy a stock and you sell it for more than you bought it for. If you decide to buy a share of stock and sell it within a year of buying it, you're going to be taxed according to your income tax bracket. And this is known as short-term capital gains tax. If you hold onto that stock for more than a year before selling it, then you're subject to long-term capital gains tax, which is typically lower than short-term capital gains tax. The reason for this is because one of the reasons for our tax code is to encourage certain behaviors and to discourage others. So if you think of taxes on cigarettes, those taxes are meant to discourage cigarette usage. Our tax code encourages longer-term investments by taxing them at a lower rate. If you're a new investor, assuming you don't have millions and millions of dollars that you need to invest and diversify, you should be working on a long-term investment strategy in order to avoid short-term fluctuations, just like the ones that we saw in March of 2020 due to COVID. All right, some final thoughts here. Financial advice on TikTok can really be hit or miss when it comes to correctness. Some of the TikToks we looked at actually provided good financial advice within the 30-second time frame. Others make get-rich-quick suggestions without delving into any details or presenting any potential risks. Social media channels like TikTok have made personal financial tips more understandable and more accessible to people, which is great. But it's still crucial to do your research and seek out good resources to get the most appropriate information for you and for your situation. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I want to remind you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and hit that subscribe button on your podcast app. Do you have a money story you'd like to share or a question you want answered? Email us at podcast at compasscatholic.org. Have a great week and God bless.